I'm Angie Marr, and this is what I wore when we shot the cover of my first book, Butcher and Beast. Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samerton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. I love a woman who embraces the finer things in life, and I'm willing to bet there's no chef in this country as unapologetic about it as Angie Marr. Seemingly spawned from another era, think Jacqueline Suzanne and Dirty Martinis, Angie is the owner and chef of the Beatrice Inn, a New York City institution that she purchased from Graydon Carter, the legendary former editor-in-chief of Vanity Fair in 2016. Under her careful, curated approach, the restaurant has gone from exclusive cool kid hangout to a grown-up den of decadence with really, really good food. When we sat down, her gorgeous first book, Butcher and Beast, was about to be released, which is less a cookbook and more a keepsake to display on your coffee table. It's filled with Polaroid photos and the recipes that shaped her. Make them if you want, but that's not really the point. What is the point? To embrace the sensuality that food can offer. A noted fashion lover, we also talked about Armani, all the diamonds, and the extravagance of her most recent purchase. Here's our conversation. So I'm going to start by asking you what I ask everyone, which is, what are you wearing right now? Wearing Armani. Armani tuxedo. Explain. Uh, it is a vintage and it's actually men's Armani. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those pieces that I really love. Um, but I, I've always been very much been into menswear. So, you know, I think uh, it's like I have either the really tight, glamorous bodycon dresses or, or, you know, what I'm wearing now. It looks like you're wearing a t-shirt. Is it a white t-shirt? It's a white t-shirt as Love well. That. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. And what kind of shoes? Uh, I have Louboutin. Do you often, you wear heels? You're yes. a heels girl. I'm a heels girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a heels girl for sure. It's, uh, you know, my mom always says it the best. She says that I'm the exact same I was when I was seven as I am now, which is I just want to wear heels and eat beef. Amazing. <laughs> That's it. And because the name of the podcast is What I Wore When, you are going to talk about what you wore when you shot the cover of your first book, Butcher and Beast. I want to get to the book, but first I want to talk about actually what you wore on the cover um, and why why this is important, why it's worth talking about. Yeah. You know... Um... The cover of the book, there's so much pressure to that, right? You know, because it's the cover of your book. But uh, what I wore was this beautiful Oscar de la Renta bustier, and it was like this pale pink um, and pale pink uh, satin pants as well. And, um, you know, the whole idea of that cover of the book was to remake a photo of my father in the mid-1940s. He was cooking in the kitchen at my aunt's restaurant, Ruby Chow's, and it's probably one of my favorite photos I have of him. You know, it was really important for me when we were going through this book to do a photo for the cover that really paid homage to my father because I lost him. Um, 
in the spring of 2018 when when I was writing the book. And, um, you know, it was, it was a huge, huge loss for me. And there was a point where I didn't even know if I was going to be able to, to complete the book just because I was grieving. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted that, the cover to be this really beautiful homage to him um, because he had just really given me so much, you know, so much inspiration, so much guidance with the restaurant. So we, you know, we, we decide we're going to redo this photo and we deconstruct the whole kitchen. And, uh, you know, my stylist pulled looks from all over, but I remember walking into the restaurant and going through these racks of clothes and there was this one beautiful De Laurenta look and that was it. That was it. We didn't even try anything else on. And was there a meaning behind De Laurenta or were you just like, oh, this is pretty? Well, you know, I think it's twofold. It's, yes, I mean, it was one of the most beautiful outfits ever, but... um De La Renta, when he was alive, was a regular at the Beatrice. And, you know, I, uh, I I didn't own it at the time. Graydon Carter owned the restaurant at the time. But, you know, he would always sit on table five with Graydon and Carolina Herrera. And, uh, you know, they would eat their burgers. And uh, it was always such an honor to cook for him because I've always very much been obsessed with two things, which is fashion and food. So there's that, you know, there's that paying homage to him, right? But there's also uh, a different meaning with it as well because, you know, after he passed, um, you know, Fernando Garcia and Laura Kim to have taken over that line, it's arguably one of the most iconic fashion houses in America. And I often find some similarities between that takeover and, you know, my takeover of the Beatrice. It's an establishment that's been in New York for almost 100 years. It has been through so many iterations and uh, to take over a historic place like the Beatrice is so monumental. It's not only take it over, but to to bring it back uh, really from the dead, from where it was, you know, three years ago when we bought it to what it is now is, is huge. Um, and so for me to be able to be so lucky to be dressed by Fernando and wear one of these beautiful creations from such an iconic house. It was hugely significant for me. And how did you feel the day you were actually going to shoot, like shoot day? Yeah. How did you feel? Were you, I mean, I don't want to say nervous because it's, you know, it's a photograph, but there probably was so much emotion wrapped up into that day. It's your first book, which yeah. is like a fucking big deal. It's, like, it's a, a huge book. deal. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you're recreating this photo of your dad and you're wearing like such a beautiful outfit, mm. like waking up that day. I'm just curious. How did you feel? Were you? I mean, you know, I was a disaster. Were you nervous? <laughs> it was a disaster. Were you I was, uh, you know, I was nervous. I was excited. There was so much anxiety, right? Because, you know, we had been shooting on and off for five months and the cover was really the last thing that we had to do. And, you know, there's so much pressure to it. There's so much pressure and it's it's quite often like food, right? We eat first with our eyes before we really get into the the meat of the dish, you know, the, the idea of the dish. And to shoot a cover um, of your first book and you want it to pay homage to your father. And, and, and also, too, you want to do it justice to... Uh, to the Beatrice, you know, because it's it's such an iconic space. So yes, very nerve-wracking. Did you ask anyone's advice before you settled on the look? I just, 
I don't know, after we spoke, initially we spoke on the phone, listeners, um, deciding that this would be the moment. And I kept thinking about that episode of Sex and the City (laughs) when Carrie was writing a book and she was seeking advice of her friends and they were steering her in like batchet directions. And she was like, I just want to look sexy and like myself. And like the best version of myself, is that how you felt? Like, did you seek the advice of other people or did you just go with your stylist and be like... Well, this is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was one of those things where we had gone through for months and months, um, you know, with cover concept ideas and, you know, different, uh, you know, were we going to shoot it in a meat locker? Were we going to shoot it in a kitchen? Were we going to, you know, was it going to be food? Was I even going to be on the cover? And and for a long time, I, I gave a lot of pushback. I said, I don't want to be on the cover of my own book, you know. When we finally decided on the concept, it was it was really, really fantastic. But with that came a lot of pressure and we had already tried to do one one cover shoot, which it just, I, I just wasn't feeling it. And I was like, we've got to reschedule. Um, and I'm so glad that we did. You know, I'm so glad that we took our time and and really, really went through it. But there's something to be said too with that garment um, because it is this beautiful soft color of pink and there's something very delicate and vulnerable about that photo. You know, when I when I look at it, sometimes I think, well, it's kind of everything that that book is, right? Expressed in one single photograph. It's, it's gritty. There's meat. Uh, it's very New York. It's very nocturnal. But there's also this innate vulnerability um, that comes through in that photo. And it very much reflects how I was feeling, you know, when that book went off to the printer. Because it started off as a cookbook, but really ended as this, you know, almost almost like a memoir. You know, it's like 50% memoir. And um, I've always been a very private person. So for me to go through this six-year process and have changed so much and to go through, you know, love and loss and purchasing a historic restaurant and, you know, all of these amazing memories and to actually put those memories and opinions and ideas and commit to them on a page, there's a huge level of vulnerability there that I've never really been exposed to. But that's what I, I love very much about that garment is that I think it showcases that. And the photos in the book... They're all Polaroids. Yeah. It's really, really cool. It doesn't feel, I mean, it doesn't feel gimmicky. It's like yeah. a real joy to look through. Um, Thank it you. Feels, it also feels very modern. I just, I love that quality of the photos. Yeah. When you think of, I know it's not a cookbook, but there are photos of Absolutely. food. And normally when you look at imagery of food, it's so perfect. And yeah. even when it's not perfect, it's still perfect. <laughs> but that's not what cooking is. No. And that's not what restaurants are. But these are these photos to me look a little bit more, I don't want to say like art because they're not, I don't no. think they're unattainable. They're it looks like in. something I could have taken on my Polaroid and yeah. cherished and be like, oh, that was such a fun night. Exactly. But that's the whole point is that that the photos and the Polaroids and the way we shot them, it feels lived in. Um, and, you know, I... I Really, it took me some time to understand it, you know, after we put the book together and what we really did. But I think the important thing is that we showcased the lives and the people that happen around one of our tables, that happens around food, that happens around just living, you know. And, you know, it is, it's a very, it's a different lifestyle. 
it's fun and it's, you know, it's so New York, that book. And uh, I love that it's very nocturnal. And how did you decide to feature Polaroid photos? Was that something that you came up with? Was it something that was a team effort? You know, I wish I could take credit for being that smart. Um, <laughs> I wish I could. Um, you know, Johnny Miller is, was the photographer on the book, and I think that he is such a genius. Um, right before I met him, I had spent a lot of time uh, in my library of cookbooks and, you know, going through all of the books and saying, okay, what do I love? What do I hate? What do I not want our book to be? What do I want it to be? And I had already decided at that point uh, in my in my head that it should be something that was completely different from anything else out there. You know, the Beatrice is different from anything else out there, and the book had to be as well. And, um, you know, so I, I had made that decision, and then in walks Johnny Miller with this pile of books and you know he does some fashion photography he does some food photography but he had never done a project like this and we sat and had coffee in the Beatrice during the day and he had a big pile of books by Guy Bourdain and Helmut Newton whom he actually used to work for and um, we didn't talk about food at all we talked about New York we talked about the 80s and 90s in New York. We talked about what life is like at the Beatrice now. And for those people that might never get to make it in, what did I want them to walk away with to truly understand about the world that we've built? And he said, you know, the publishers are probably going to say no. But if you're into the idea, I think it's genius. And I think that we just have to ask. And, um, you know, it took me like half a second um, to say yes. And I know those photographer names you just mentioned are, you know, primarily fashion photographers. Yeah. And I do feel like the imagery in the book evokes evokes a sense of fashion, not necessarily high fashion, mm -hmm. but there's like a very stylish element yeah. that I feel like the Beatrice and you, but that it like it, it goes hand in hand. And so I actually do want to know, like, what do you wear when you're cooking? <laughs> like, I'm sure you get that question a lot. But yeah. I'm actually very curious. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like a lot of other chefs in that point where I'm definitely in my chef whites. And I always say that, you know, when I'm out of the kitchen, I have two modes. It's either, you know, I'm in a oversized sweatsuits and all the diamonds, like, you know, Biggie Smalls, mm -hmm. or I'm, you know, dressed to the nines, but it's one of the two. the people that I talk to in the food world, whether it's chefs mm -hmm. or whether it's, I mean, even, you know, a bunch of food publicists, there's always talk about certain foods being trendy. And I'm wondering, mm -hmm. like, sort of the way fashion goes in and out, if you feel that way with food. Like, do you, are you someone that buys into that? Or mm -hmm. are you someone that's like, fuck that? Like, if I like an ingredient, yeah. I don't care if it's trendy. I don't care if it's passe. Yeah. I will use it consistently. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You know, I, um, I actually don't pay attention to trends. And that's something that I decided maybe like three, four years ago, but I don't really go out to eat. Um, and I do that specifically because I always want to be insulated from everybody else's ideas or thoughts or, uh, you know, the expressions of, of what they want to do on the plate. And I find that 
I am at my creative best when I'm not paying attention to what everybody else is doing in food. What inspires you in terms of fashion? Like what, when you get up in the morning, what, how do you determine what, what outfit you put on? Yeah. You know, what I love about fashion is that uh, it's transformative, right? And there's so many similarities between fashion and art and food and, you know, those intersections because we really get to be whoever it is that we want to be, right? You know, some days I'll get up and I'll say, okay, you know, I want to throw on this vintage, uh, you know, men's Armani tuxedo. Um, And other days, you know, I just, I want to wear a ball gown. It doesn't matter. You know, I get to do whatever I want. And that's what I really love about it. And that's what I love about food as well. It has the power to transform us, to hide whatever we might be feeling or to uh, highlight whatever it is we want to put out in the world. Are you a shopper? Oh, 100%. I definitely have a problem. So I want to talk about that. Where do you shop? You know, I, uh, I've i always very much been a Barney's girl, mm-hmm. you know, since I was a kid. It's kind of like a rite of passage, yeah. right? You know, you go into, uh, I remember going into Barney's with my mother, you know, when I was young. And um, it's kind of like that rite of passage. But I, I love the boutiques. I love, you know, small consignment. You know, I love vintage. And... Um, my closet is very much a mix of all of that. So is there anything that when you started making, you know, a little bit of money and you're like, okay, I'm doing well, whatever mm-hmm. point that was in your life, was there anything that you were like, fuck it, like I'm, I'm getting the bag or I'm getting the <laughs> shoes or like I'm getting the car. Like what was your, yeah. or if, if there was one, what was your... Yeah. I'm getting their purchase. Did you have one of those? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I love jewelry. So for me, I think when I when I finally started to like you know, be a grown up, right? And I was like, okay, I'm gonna be a grown up now. I've bought my own restaurant. I've got all these things. Uh, you know, for me, it was the satisfaction of knowing that I could walk in a store and buy my own diamonds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's something very rewarding in that. Do you find that stuff that you buy, especially designer stuff, do you find that you cherish it and keep it and wear it? Or do you feel like you sort of recycle it out? And then after a season, you're like, cool, I'm going to consign this or I'm going to just keep it in the back of my closet. Like, how do you You hold on to things? Yeah, there are absolutely pieces that I, uh, you know, will keep it for one season, you know, but those are very far and few between. You know, I'm very much a classic girl. So, you know, a lot of my purchases are pieces that I, you know, that I love and that I'll wear and I'll hang on to. Are there things that you won't wear? I don't wear denim. Really? Yeah. I ever? Don't wear de- no, ever. Why? Because I hate it. I don't know. Why do you I've, hate it? I don't know. I've never worn denim since That's I was so a child. Yeah. Do you hate the look of it? Universally, or is it? It just doesn't look suit of it. you. I just doesn't suit. Yeah. Do you ever look at women wearing jeans? You're like, oh, she looks good. Or yeah, you just absolutely. like she'd look better in black trousers. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, it's it's really funny because I always, uh, I envy people that wear that wear denim, and I'm always like, wow, you know, I wish I could wear that, and I'm always like, but I don't want to, you know. Um, so then, what does casual mean thing. to you? Typically, casual for me is like sweatsuits mm-hmm, and right. yeah, sweatsuits, Air Force Ones, and all the diamonds. Um, but you know, and, you know, I love it so much, and I, um, 
I actually was really excited because Autumn Studios came to me and they have like this just amazing sweatsuits that I I adore. Um, But when they got a copy of the book, they were like, you know, we've got to do a collab with you and Johnny Miller. So uh, they said, you know, what what do you just want to live in all the time of ours? And I said, you know, I just want to live in in your sweatsuits when I'm on a plane because I'm on a plane 24-7 these days. So yeah, so we're we're like doing this amazing collab with them now. Yeah, it's going to be fun. something you won't wear Mm. is there something that you won't eat uh i don't eat beets i don't eat is that just a taste it's a weird yeah Yeah, you don't like them yeah i don't like beets um yeah and uh i'm very weird about cooked fish i actually um i don't eat cooked fish i love raw fish i love fried fish and and the only time I eat cooked fish is uh, when it's like done Chinese style, mm-hmm. like the you know the style that like my my family would make it. But not you know not a lot of people. Know. I think actually Corey Chow and and Thomas Keller know that about me because every time I go to Per Se, they're like so amazing and and you know they feed me raw crudos and fried fish and that's about it, which I I so appreciate. Have you ever gotten starstruck since you've owned the Beatrice, seeing you know by clientele? I very, very rarely get starstruck, but I think the one time that I was like truly stopped in my tracks was the week that we opened the Beatrice. Uh, Diane von Furstenberg had her party there for Jonathan Saunders, and I was walking around the corner to go say hello to her, and she was sitting next to Valentino, and he was in an emerald green tux. Oh my God. And they were both eating duck wings with their hands. Amazing. And I just stopped in my tracks. That is a visual that probably will never leave your mind. No, it wasn't. It was just... You need like an artist to paint that and like hang it in your house. Is there anyone that you're dying to cook for? Oh, who am I dying? You know, Cardi B needs to come in. Why hasn't she been in? I don't know. She she loves food. I feel like we'd get on quite well. Get her in. Cardi... (laughs) Stop playing around. <laughs> Go to beaches. I know. I know she likes chicken feet. I'm all about that. Okay. It's good for your skin. She's got to come in. Is oh, it good for your skin? It's collagen. Whoa. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's collagen. Now I'm interested. What do you do? What do you do? Do, do you have like a skincare routine? I mean, yeah, I have a skincare routine, but honestly, I just eat a lot of beef. It's That's what it is. It's collagen. It's that's good for fantastic. your hair. It's good for your skin. It's a secret. Interesting. <laughs> What was your vibe growing up, fashion-wise, beauty-wise? Like, what was? how did you dress when you were a teen, like high school or a tween? Like, yeah. what did you, what were you into? Oh, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Heels and sweatsuits. Really? Same, yeah, I've, n- I've never changed. That's amazing. Yeah, I've literally been the same person since I was five. Where did you shop when you were a teen? Oh, God. So many places. Uh, I think I was definitely doing the vintage thing when I was when I was young. That's impressive. Yeah, I feel like I, that's not something most young people yeah. gravitate toward. No, I definitely, I definitely had some uh, really fantastic Dolce and Gabbana pieces when I was a child. That like when I was like fifteen, sixteen, that I loved. Um, but you know, my my mother has always been like so so fashionable. Um, so I think I really get you know, get that love of, of fashion and style from her. What was her type? What was her style? 
Oh gosh, my mother is such a chameleon. I don't think she ever met a Burberry trench that she didn't like. Mm. <laughs> that's 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 for sure. Oh my God, yeah. say no more. Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, but you know, she's she had everything hanging in her closet from you know Dior and Versace and Burberry and uh, you know just to like you know very classic you know classic suits. So not a bargain shopper. Very much into like. Oh no, she's a bargain shopper. Oh yeah, no, she and I are a bargain shopper for sure. Um, you know, but she, you know, she loves the vintage and consignment stuff too. You know, finding those like rare one-off pieces. But yeah, that's that's very much how I grew up. The last thing I want to ask you: you mentioned when we talked before we recorded that the way you design your menus were similar. It might have been an offhanded comment, but similar to the way designers design collections. I mm. think you said, do you change your menu twice a year? Change it right? twice a year, yeah. That's really interesting to me. And why Why do you only do it twice a year? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we do, we do a spring-summer menu and uh, then we do an autumn-winter menu because it takes months. It takes months and months of work. I'm not a, not a person who believes in seasonality per se. If you walk into my restaurant in December, there'll be a foot of snow on the ground and I'll have fresh cherries. Um, and I'll be the only person in the city who has them because I've flown them in from Chile or somewhere ridiculous. But I just really believe that we should just be creating and eating and indulging in the things that we love all the time. What are you having for dinner tonight? <laughs> well, tonight my family is in town, uh, so we will be eating at the Beatrice. What did you have for dinner last night? Where was I for? Oh, I had Chinese food last night at home. Or did no, you go out to I, no, I was at Peking Duck House last night. Nice. Yeah, I was cool. at Peking Duck House last night with sixteen people and uh, you know magnums of Dom Perignon. What were you wearing? I was wearing a sweatsuit last night. Dom Perignon Dom in a sweatsuit. Dom Perignon sweatsuit. We're done. All yeah. the diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> so now I want to do a quick speed round. So answer the first thing that comes into your head. Okay, what was the last thing that you bought? Doesn't have to be fashion, but the last thing you purchased. Um, I purchased a piece of artwork. Yeah, I purchased a piece of artwork. And it is this uh, really beautiful, um, it's almost sculptural. Uh, but it's by William Servillo, and he's a he's an artist here in New York, and it is a piece that he did for me, um, which is it, it has the four generations, like the the floor, but four generations of the Beatrice in all of its incarnations. What was your first concert? Tony Bennett. What? Yeah, that's amazing. Where? Uh, in Seattle with my father. What's your all-time favorite TV show? Oh, right now? That's hard. Uh, well, I've very much been into Downton Abbey lately. What would be your last meal on earth? Um, how many courses do I get? Okay, for the sake of time, <laughs> let's say you get three. Okay. Three courses. All right, three courses. That, that's okay. That's fine. Um... <laughs> I would I would start with caviar and Bellon oysters from France. They're my favorites. And some foie gras pâté. That would be the first course. Um, I would definitely have the duck flambe at the Beatrice and a steak um, at the same time because that counts as one course. Um, 
And I'm not a dessert person, but uh, the one thing that I've always said that I just like want to be buried with is there's a dish that my dad used to make and um, it's a Chinese dish and it's uh, it's ground pork and uh, cured duck eggs and just white rice. And it's uh, it's a dish that has very, very humble, you know, peasant roots, but it's something that I can't get enough of. And what era do you identify most with fashion-wise? I'm very much into living in the now. There's something that's so beautiful about um, this freedom of expression, I think, that we have, especially right now, especially as women, especially right now in this time. What I Wore When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director, Perry Samatin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samatin. P-E-R-R-I-E-S-A-M-O-T-I-N. Our executive producer is Ali Perry. And our producers are Glamour's Kim Fasaro and iHeart's JJ Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when. 